0: Are you a born again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking Am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please. Let me know if it helped you. Isaiah 61 and 62. What was the true verse that actually got Jesus in trouble? It's brought to the edge. We find the story in Luke 4 verses 14 to 28. Jesus had just spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness led by the Holy Spirit, yet being tempted by Satan. And of course, he didn't fall for Satan's deceptions. He then started going from town to town, synagogue to synagogue, preaching the good news. Then he arrived in Nazareth, where he was raised. Remember, that's where both Mary and Joseph were from. They had returned to nazareth once god told them that king herod had died and it was safe to return to israel and that was in matthew 2. well one sabbath jesus went to the synagogue and it was customary to have a visiting rabbi read the scripture he was handed the scroll of isaiah where does he start reading from well we know it as chapter 61. so let's dig into we're going to read the the gospel account first so we're in luke chapter 4 starting in verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's powers. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, he read. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician heal heal yourself. Meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman a Syrian when they heard this the people in the synagogue were furious jumping up they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built they intended to push him over the cliff but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way that again was Luke 4 14-30 now that's pretty amazing he passed right through the crowd and went on his way how does someone escape an angry mob that wants to throw him off a cliff it had to have been a divine intervention an angel or something that allowed him to just walk away if you watch the video on the bottom of my blog you'll see what the cliff is like it's also the picture at the top of my blog it's called mount precipice uh, <clears throat> have to click on over my blog take a look at it and then there's two videos at the bottom um but let's read the whole chapter in isaiah so isaiah 61 the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me for the lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed he has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago, They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And everything else will be every and i'm sorry everlasting joy will be yours for i the lord love justice i hate robbery and wrongdoing i will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations everyone will realize that they are a people the lord has blessed i am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in the robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. It's the end of Isaiah 61. So here are some important points. First, note that previously God would speak about Jesus Messiah. Um, it was in the third person. Now it switches to the first person. So it's like Jesus is actually saying, I did, I this, I this. When Jesus read the passage in the synagogue, he declared that he was the one. The prophecy was fulfilled right then and there. Now notice he didn't read the whole second verse. The first part described his first coming and the second part describes his second coming when it will be the day of God's anger or wrath or judgment. See, first and foremost, Jesus came to save. When he comes back, it will be with vengeance against Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Had he gone on, the people would have thought that God's anger was against the Romans. At the bottom of my blog, I embedded a video. It's a teaching from Amir Safati of Behold Israel on on this particular topic exactly and it was filmed on mount precipice you know right where they took jesus to try and throw him off the cliff now isaiah goes on speaking of the good news of hope he will heal a broken a free prisoners comfort those who mourn which also that is mentioned in matthew 5 in the beatitudes uh joyous blessing crown of beauty honor prosperity for the land everlasting joy ah hey ah and it mentions the bridegroom well we're talking about a wedding feast okay so um and i I did recently one of the other prophets we had an invitation to the wedding feast so you can check click on over to my blog and, and check on that related uh study on that going on isaiah 62 Isaiah's prayer for Jerusalem because I love Zion. I will not keep still because my heart yearns for Jerusalem. I could not remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. The, your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God for the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Your children will commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to his bride. Then God will rejoice over you, and our bridegroom rejoices over his bride. O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night, continually take no rest. All you who pray to the Lord, give the Lord no rest until he completes his work. Let's keep praying. Until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. The Lord has sworn to Jerusalem by his own strength. I will never again hang, hand you over to your enemies never again will foreign warriors come and take away your grain and new wine you raise the grain and you will eat it praising the lord within the courtyards of the temple but you yourselves will drink the wine you have pressed go out through the gates prepare the highway for my people to return smooth out the road pull out the boulders raise the flag for all the nations to see The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, look, your savior is coming. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. See, that's in the third person. They will be called the holy people, the people redeemed by the Lord. And Jerusalem will be known as the desirable place and the city no longer forsaken. That's the end of Isaiah 62. His promises are yet to be fulfilled. However, we know God keeps his promises. And if you want to get a glimpse of what the New Jerusalem will look like, check out the study on Revelation 21 and 22. Click on over to my blog. He will come back to judge the world at some point. Looking at the signs of the times, we can't help but feel it will be sooner rather than later. And I embedded the most recent prophecy round table at um at the uh, video at the bottom of the blog. Um, and that is with Amir Sarfati, um, uh, Mike golay, uh, Jan Markell, and um, uh, Barry Stagner. And those are four prophecy experts, you know that are um that are really in tune with what's going on in the world and how it relates to bible prophecy so i highly recommend you watch this video um and we believers are the watchmen on the wall so that's why we've got to keep up with bible prophecy and see what's going on because that's what we're doing we're supposed to warn the people that this is coming and we are called to pray for the peace the shalom of jerusalem And Psalm 122, we've got a prayer right there. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love the city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Last day's timeline. In case you were wondering, I've uh, um, I've, shared on my blog towards the bottom a biblical events timeline um right now we are in the church age and we are waiting for the rapture which could happen at any moment (laughs) soon after the rapture when all the born-again believers will be taken to heaven the antichrist will be revealed and the great tribulation will start The question is, will you be left behind if you're not sure if you're saved or not? If you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture. What you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life you don't know what to say you don't know what to do there's a prayer in the show notes or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart and don't forget you got to watch these two videos at the bottom of my blog you need to be enlightened as to what's going on in the world right now and how it relates to Bible prophecy solely Gloria to God alone be the glory If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know. Only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and and stopped reading it. Totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today I also study from the New King James Version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors and I've chosen three study Bibles that would be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great they're also great for the new Christian believer check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne.